Hi, I'm Ungezi and you're welcome to the ZB Show. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show and I'm so grateful that you tune in week after week to listen to me. Um, I'm just grateful because when I started the show, I had no idea that in just such a short while, the fellowship would grow so much. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's tuned in, who's downloaded and listened, who's spread a link, who's talked about me, who sent me an email, who sent me a message on Twitter or Facebook. I just want to say a huge thank you. Um, I'm really glad that our message is going out there to motivate and inspire young people so we can be the change that we wish to see. I mean, I'm so thrilled. Like, the reception has been really, really good. And I'm glad that bit by bit we're making a difference in our world. It's our world. It's our right. And we've got that right to make it a better place for ourselves, our families, and for our children potentially in the future. So thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in. Last week's numbers were astronomical like they rose so much in just a short time and i was amazed you know i couldn't believe it but i just want to say a huge thank you and something that has actually made me you know be like yay you know people are actually listening because i've had like three different people who've contacted me and said they're reading shimamanda Diche's book um americana which we did a review on so that is really good it shows that people are listening and people are learning and it's just phenomenal thank you this week, we've got a very special guest in the studio with us. He's um, an American Grammy Award, Emmy Award, Peabody Award, and a lot more award winners. Um, he's an amazing fellow. His work has inspired people all over the world. I am one of those people who have been inspired by him. I first heard about him in 2005. And it was amazing because me and my friends, we couldn't get enough of listening to him. And then fast forward years later, I still cannot believe I have a chance to speak with him. It's amazing. He's the hip hop poet, the modern day poet. He's an actor. He's a motivational speaker. He's just an inspiration. He's a Grammy award winning, Emmy award winning poet called mr j ivy a lot of us would remember him from kanye west's song never let me down which featured j ivy and jay-z on kanye's debut album the college dropout and we're just so thrilled to have him this show is going to be different i'm not going to be doing the outros you know just before we play the music because we've got so much to cover and we want to try to make sure we can get it all together so after each segment we'll just have a chance to listen to some of his beautiful work Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mr. J. Ivy. Please. Hello? Is anybody out there? I got a story to tell. Somebody's got to hear my story. I need to write. I try to get you off my mind, but I can't get you off of my face. If I could sing, I would echo words about her beauty within a verse. I'm a roach. I'm a roach, roach, roach in a world of rage. In shackles and chains. The wax. The melting wax begins its journey down the length of the wick. Transformation. Trying, 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 transformation. Begin. I just had phone sex with no protection, and now I got an ear infection. I'm not hearing my you. My poems may drag and rough draft, so I backspace and backdraft. To cool off, I take bubble baths and volcanoes. Nobody sitting down, that's why they call it the stands. Who needs the weed, man, when I got you? If I want the highest cliff on the highest rift, and you slipped off the side and clenched on your life in my grip, I would never, ever let you down. This is Abiy Odun Oyewole, better known to many as Dune of the Last Poets. And I'm very happy to be here in the studio working with Jay Ivey on his new CD. It's always a pleasure to work with someone who you can appreciate, someone who you respect, someone who you feel has talent that can take us to the next level. He is a healing poet, a brother who is concerned about the future of us. And I was very happy and pleased to be a part of this wonderful project. Ashe. Hi, J.I.V. It's a wonderful honor to actually have you on the show. And it is my pleasure to be here. Shout out to the motherland. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. 
you have a lot of fans all over Africa because, you know, when I sent out word, I'm like, I'm going to have a Grammy winning poet on the show. And a lot of people are like, who is he? And when I said J.I.V. and everyone's like, never let me down. It seemed like everyone remembered you from that track. Wow. Yeah, that, that warms my heart to hear that. That was it, it was such a special moment. You know, and it was um, the timing of it and the the, the blessing of, of the art that, that came to me at the time was, I mean, it was just, it was special, you know, it was, it was magical and I, I thank God for it, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're known as the hip hop poets. How did your love for writing poetry begin? When I was in high school, you know, I was very good at writing notes to girls. <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> but I didn't think it was a gift, you know, I just I just thought it was something, you know, if I need to uh express myself, I knew that I could, you know, when I when I sat down to write. Um but my junior year uh in high school, my English teacher, she uh she had us write a poem for a homework assignment. Okay. And the next day she surprised everyone and made, you know, the class read their piece out loud. So, you know, like everyone else, I didn't want to do it, but you know I had to, so I read my piece, didn't think anything of it. And after the class, she pulled me to the side and she said, "You know, you have a very nice speaking voice. I want to put you on the show." And I'm thinking, "All right, look, you know, because I was very, very shy to myself type of individual. You know, okay. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. You know, I'm, and uh, so I, I was like, I, uh, you know, I told her yeah, but then I, was, I didn't do it. You know, so <laughs> she had another show come up." And it was actually, um, it was actually Black History Month. So she had another show come up for Black History Month. And she said, you know what? She's like, I asked you to do this show last time. This time I'm not asking you. You have to do the show. So her name is Miss Argue. So you're not going to argue with somebody named Miss Argue. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to win that one. You yeah. Know? So, so I was like, all right, you know, when she challenged me, I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm not a punk. Let's, you know, what I what I got to do, you know. So she gives me a monologue to learn. And um, so I learned the monologue. And, and, you know, a few weeks later, the show came up. And I was, I mean, extremely nervous and scared and terrified of, you know, getting up in front of a group of individuals that I didn't know. Because we actually, for the first show, we went to another school oh. uh, to perform before the show at our school. So um so I get I get up and um now I was just I was so scared but I got through the piece and when I finished I walked off with my head down I sat down and the kid sitting next to me he was like man you see that you see that I said what he's like you got to stand and know I said what I was like no nah. he's like man you didn't see those people stand up for you I said no so it was so that was the first group it was like 70 80 kids you know that we performed for so the first group they left out and then uh, then uh, a second group comes in, another 70, 80 kids, same same age as us. Okay. And um and uh so this time I'm I'm confident, you know, I'm feeling good, my shoulders are back, my chin is up, <laughs> you know, and I, I projected my voice a little bit more, and you know I got through the piece, you know, just with all the confidence that I could muster up. And when I finished, I just stood there and I watched the entire room stand up, yeah. and clapping. And it was in that moment where I just I just fell deeply in love with just being able to express myself, you yeah. know, just being able to, you know, get on a stage and just and and just let it all go. After that, I was writing a little bit, but my confidence still hadn't grown in, in my writing. Okay. You know, I had a couple of writers block and I didn't know that that was, you know, sometimes part of the process. Yeah. So when I went to college, I was trying to talk to this girl. And one of my boys was trying to talk to her girl. It's always a girl involved. Yeah. You know? And uh, he, uh, he was like, man, let's do something different for him. You know, we had this little holiday in the Midwest called Sweetest Day. It's kind of like Valentine's Day in October. Oh, wow. So he was like, man, Sweetest Day coming up. Let's do something different for him. Let's write him a poem. I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know, so I wrote a, a poem called Struck by Love, and I gave it to her. She loved it. All her girls loved it. So I took it to my English professor. My English professor, she loved it. Okay. She was like, man, you should uh, uh, write a poem and come perform at this show. And I was like, oh, wow, I can perform what I write? You know, because at yeah. this point I was used to getting a, a, a script or a monologue. Or, okay. You know, I was used to getting something from someone else. So at that point, that was the first time that I performed, you know, my poetry. So this is my freshman year of college. 
and it was just it, you know it was just the next level of that love you know that that had already existed for expression you know so that was that was really you know how how it began for me you know it was just this natural introduction i guess to to the art okay that's really interesting growing up on the south side of chicago from you know what i've never been there but from what you hear it's not exactly the easiest place to live what made you choose to be different you know like i'm not going to get involved with all the craziness going around me what was that motivating factor my mama (laughs) (laughs) okay plain and simple my mama shout out to lady p my mama got a rapper name lady p (laughs) (laughs) she's cool Her and Jay Z got the same birthday. Oh, but, uh, yeah. But now my mom's, um, she's one of seven children, and you know she was raised on the South Side uh, with her two sisters and four brothers, and came from a very, very loving family, very hardworking family. Okay. Um, folks did, you know, her. She she did see her brothers, you know, some of her brothers, you know, you know, go the wrong route. Um, as far as, uh, just falling victim to the streets and drugs and, um, going to jail and, and then even with, with, uh, with my father and, uh, and her first husband, my stepdad. So, uh, but you know, she, she saw, you know, what was happening with the men in, in, in her life that she really loved. She saw, you know, alcohol become a factor, drugs become a factor. And, you know, she didn't want to see that happen with her boys. So I remember when I was real young, she took us down uh, downtown. Well, on the west side, there's a street called Roosevelt. And, um, you know, Roosevelt is super, super hood. You know, it's, it's it's, you know, the abandoned buildings and, you know, broken glass and, uh, you know, a lot of homeless folk. And I remember maybe being like seven, eight years old and she drove us down down there on Roosevelt and and she said look around you know so we're looking around just you know absorbing the environment mm-hmm. and, and you know it was a lot of uh vacant lots and you know it was just it was just a very desolate area you know yeah. and and she, and she pointed out the homeless people and you know pointed out you know there were prostitutes out there you know so she just pointed out the environment she said she said look if you don't go to school and get educated this is where you go end up you know, so she would do different things that would kind of jolt, you know, you know, uh, jolt something in us, you know. Yes. And then, I mean, when, like when her brother went to jail, she she was like, "Look, if you ever go to jail, don't expect me to come see you." You know, she was <laughs> she was say things like that, like, yeah. "Oh, I, you know." So she um she was just always on us to you know just try and you know steering away uh, us away from you know the elements. The negative elements yeah. of the city. Okay. So even like when in high school, like when my brother was in high school, you know, he went to to uh, to school on the south side. Like, you know, he got into some trouble here and there. Okay. Um, at the time, my my folks they were going through a divorce, and uh, so then you know there was the breakup, and then and then our house got broken into, and then my brother he he got into a fight and got knocked unconscious. That's and a woke lot. Up in and my mom was like, we out of here. So she packed <laughs> up, like, you are not going to high school in the city. Wow. So she she worked two jobs, three jobs at times, saved the money up, sold the house, and she packed us up and moved us to the suburbs so I wouldn't be going to high school in the city. So, you know, my, my eighth grade year, we moved out to the south suburbs. And it was, I mean, it was, you know, at first I didn't want to do it, you know, because yeah. everything I knew was was. Uh, the south side of Chicago mm-hmm. and Chicago is very, very segregated. You know, oh. they call it hyper segregation. Oh, wow. You know, I where it's, it's so definitive. You know, you have neighborhoods that, I mean, they're all black. The teachers, the, the, the store owners, all your neighbors, the bus drivers, the postmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you cross a certain avenue and then it's all white, you know, and then you, you, uh, you go to another area, you cross a certain avenue and it's all Mexican or, you know, or it's all Puerto Rican or it's all Chinese, but everyone is all, you know, everyone's divided, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you grow up, you know, in this all black neighborhood and then you hear suburbs and you're like, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. posh. <laughs> that's, you know, it's a different world, you know, so, yeah. but we ended up moving and it was, it was the best thing that could ever happen because, you know, I, you know, uh, that's why I fell into, you know, poetry and, mm-hmm. and met lifelong friends and, and it was just a, 
and it also gave me a different um outlook on how the world is and how how it isn't just all black you know there are other cultures and races and you know and we all have to intermingle and, and get along yeah or at least at least try yeah <laughs> try <laughs> i touched down with a pulse and a prayer as my lungs stretched out for this earthly air for me to the touch i looked up as an angel rubbed her fingers through my hair i remembered that healing feeling so i spoke out but there was no one there to translate quickly i found out love is how we would communicate through this journey i lost my language and at the time i didn't know that in time i would find strange gifts a native tongue that would allow me to spit lit but now i get it so when the stage is in sight i hit it i can't quit it because i'm a spirit here to lift other spirits you might not know what i'm on but i know that you feel it i know you feel this feeling it's the reason we all living the reason for the time we were so graciously given i'ma put my tears on this pavement my blood on the pavement i'ma leave this place with the same thing i came with my soul and my spirit my soul and my spirit I'ma put my tears on this pavement My blood on the pavement I'ma leave this place with the same thing I came with My soul and my spirit My soul and my spirit Moving to the suburbs, which is, I think, is posh, um, did you get, you know, any funny looks from teachers or, you know, classmates when you started to express interest in poetry? Because there's a, a certain stereotype that black males are supposed to be athletic, you know? So did you yeah. ever come across things like that, like hurdles? Well, um, coincidentally, I was athletic. Um, I was on a football team. I ran track. I actually ran hurdles. <laughs> so, so I was, you know, I ran, I ran hurdles and high jumps. Um, played basketball one year. So, um, so all my all my buddies, they were, you know, they were athletes as well. You know, so I was when when I started, it was it was I guess such a a positive impact on people that I didn't really get any negativity as far as me performing. You know, I, like like I said, out my junior year, the first show I did after. The first show, I was begging my teacher for the next show. Like, when's the next one? When's the next one? Yeah. So throughout the rest of my junior year and senior year, I was the speaker for for our class. You know, everyone expected it of me. Now, when I got to college and I got into poetry, it wasn't cool for a guy to be writing poetry. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the cool thing. You know, so there were times uh, when, I, when I almost got in fights, you know, with cats, cause, you know, they, they were coming at me bogus and all oh, poetry soft. Oh, you all oh, punk this, punk that, what, you all know? Right. And, you know, so I definitely had to stand on my and defend, defend myself for doing what I was doing. Cause at the time, you know, poetry hadn't, uh, you know, poetry has always been here, but yeah. as far as the, uh, as far as my generation, it wasn't, it, it hadn't gotten to that heights yet. You know, this okay. is before deaf poetry and before, yeah. uh, you know, Love Jones, the movie. And, you know, I've been yeah. doing this for a while now. So it wasn't cool for a guy to be doing poetry. But, you know, it was something that, it, I mean, it just came naturally. And it was something that, that uh, my, my soul yearned to do. So I did it, you know. And, and when people stepped to me, I, I definitely defended myself. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay um let's talk about you know making poetry cool like usually i mean i'm in my 20s so maybe before i listened to the college dropout and knew about your work i thought poetry was like oh yeah it's shakespeare you know i'm a writer myself but i didn't understand poetry like i'd read shakespeare's sonnets and i'd be like okay what is this i don't get it but after listening right. to you i realized you know it was something that could be cool you know how were you able to do that? How are you able to reach out to people and let them know poetry is cool? It's hip. It's something young people, our generation, can enjoy. Uh, well, for me, when, um, I guess the way I went about it was when, when I was in college, I was I was really dealing with dep a lot of depression at the time. Okay. Because of the things that happened, you know, in my household with my with my father not being there. Because at this point, when I was in school, I hadn't seen my dad for you know. Man, years, you know, like yeah. ten years went by before I before I saw him again wow. after the divorce. Okay. So you know, when you go to school, that's when that I think that's you know that that time when you're trying to find yourself, you know. So, um, so I was trying to find myself, and but with that, I wasn't 
I lacked focus when it came to my actual schoolwork. Poetry okay. took over. I, I mean, I was writing day in, day out, you know, but um, but I lacked focus and I ended up flunking out of college. So when I went home, you know, like my mom's, like I said, she worked two, three jobs. I was, you know, she um, she was determined to, you know, to make a way for us. So when I went home, I was mm-hmm. determined not to let her down. When it came to doing that, I was like, well, I I got to perform. I got to get this out there. I got to I got to continue to do my thing. I got to, you know, continue to do what I was doing in high school and college. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to perform and 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 I'm going to let people know who I am. You know, so yeah. for me, it was just a matter of uh, one. It was a matter of just hitting every stage, every microphone I possibly could. I think the coolness of it came from just being myself. You know, just one, not trying to sound like everybody else, because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of poets sound alike and I never wanted to sound like anybody else. So, you know, part of it was finding my voice uh, and remembering my voice because we all have our own voice. But I think sometimes yeah. we forget it, we forget it, you know, and, 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 you know, when you're around people, the same people all the time. You know, it's like anything, like, you know, a crew of people, they're going to say they're going to use the same slang. They're going to have the same, you know, body gestures because, people, yeah. you know, it's natural. You start to become who you're around, you know. So for me, you know, I, I um, you know, I was just I was just me. I was just me. Like whatever thoughts that came to mind, whatever ideas came mm-hmm. to mind, I, I developed them. I exercise, you know, the, the different styles that I, that I would come up with. And I just really just found found my own style and my own voice. And, okay. and, I, and I let people know about it, you know, whenever I got the opportunity, mm. you know, yeah. even when even, even when I was too young to get in clubs, I would like, you know, talk to the whoever was on the door. Like, man, I don't even drink. I just want to come in and do a poem and then I'm out, you know, so I would I would just continue to do my thing. And then it was. And there, and there were a lot of other people too that were out there doing their thing in their own communities and cities. And so there was this movement happening, you know, like when you, when you're in it, you feel like you're the only one, you're all alone. But then mm-hmm. the more you do it, you realize that there's a world of these, a world of people that, that are uh, similar to you. And so there was this movement happening as, well, as the movement moved. Mm-hmm. It, it became cooler and cooler and people, you know, they got hip to it. And then and then you have a movie like a Love Jones come out. And, yeah. you know, I mean, even even with that, like I used to host the, like the hottest poetry spot in Chicago is called Rituals. Mm-hmm. And I remember before Love Jones came out, like people were like, ah, oh, no, nah, you know, I invite somebody out. No, no, I ain't. No, nah, I ain't. Coming. I ain't coming with that. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. After Love Jones came out. Oh, man. Is it going to be like mm-hmm. Love Jones? Is it gonna- there oh man i'm there when is it what time you know you know became it gradually became cooler and cooler and cooler you know and 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 it had a lot to do with man there were cool people doing it yeah (laughs) you know know, so you had cool kids doing a cool thing so you know it it was bound to catch on Okay. Have you got a name for this blend of poetry and hip hop is there like a special name you call it is there something we can call it Man, I've been toying with that, you know. <laughs> I like I go, you know, because I, I know, you know, when you say certain things, it, it 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 registers different ways. So when I tell people I'm a poet, you know, a lot of times they may think, you know, Shakespeare. You know, yeah. when I when I say spoken word, they they minds may go somewhere else and and just hear it a different way, you know. So I, I I'm still trying to figure out what it, what it is, you know, like what what uh what what I do. Like I love telling stories. Yeah. You know, sometimes my stories are lyrical. You know, inspirational. I definitely um, love tapping in as far as as far as tapping into the spirit and just letting just letting my soul speak. You know, okay. so as far as the name for it, I, I don't know. I'm still I'm still figuring <laughs> that one out. All right, we'll be waiting. <laughs> Yeah. So for right now, it's poetry, you know. Oh, right. But if somebody say spoken word, that's cool. If you, you know, hip hop poet, that's cool. You know, like yeah. that's cool. It's all cool, you know. All right. So is there a difference between um, spoken word and poetry? Then is there a difference, or is it similar? Just you know, different labels. Yeah, I mean, well, poetry typically is you know is is what's written, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, um, I've, I've even heard you know spoken poetry. 
you know, as as a description because it is, you know, the you know the the the, the main difference between the two is, you know, spoken word is performed. You know, it's 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 the poem coming to life. It's, okay. It's a you know person putting all their 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 body and emotions and and arm movements and voice mm-hmm. you know yeah. to this piece and personality you know to this piece so whereas a poem you know um you know a thousand different people may read it and and hear it a different way right uh spoken word you know somebody get up on a mic and and, and say that poem and you're going to hear it that that way you're going to always remember their voice you know and and the way that they performed it you know what you just said, it just took me back to the first time I um, saw the video of I Need to Write when you did it on the mm. deaf poetry. You know, yeah. it, I cannot think of it without seeing you with that pen and that little book in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was a fun moment, man. That was, that was so much fun. It, it was, it, that was, it was exciting. I was, I was nervous. I was, I was, uh, <laughs> Man, I was overwhelmed with joy. It was so many different emotions running through me at that point, wow. you know. But yeah, but but that's that's the effect that it does have, yeah. you know. It's like when you see somebody do it, you know. It's like hearing your favorite song, you know. It's like, you know, if I, uh, I'm always here. Like, if what's going on? I'm always envisioning Marvin, no matter who sings it. You know, yeah. I'm always in Marvin because you know he was the first to do it. Yeah. You know. I need to write. I need to sit my black narrow ass down and write. Yeah, the hustle got me hustling, but I'm muscling myself out of time for me. Well, what about me, I ask? What about the stories that I need to tell? I need to write. Cause can't nobody do it funny. Can't nobody document my inspirations the way I can. Can't nobody compliment my aspirations the way I can. Only I can, only I can, only I can. So I need to write. I need to gather up some words and write. I need to gather up some thoughts and write. I need to write because I'm tired of the same old pieces. I know y'all tired of hearing the same old pieces because the same old pieces got the same old problems. But I got new problems, more problems. Problems have changed. Problems have rearranged. This homeless cat asked me for some money but got mad at me because I ain't got no spare change. I need to write. Me and my girl been arguing. I need to write. My boy told me that I need to take it to the next level, so I need to write. My pops died and it's hard dealing with it. I need to write. I know y'all can't wait for the book. I need to write. I need to write. I need to write. They done stole my hoopty. I need to write. The cop said I fit the description. I need to write. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You mean to tell me that my wallet look like a gun? I need to write. My little brother got mugged by some grown thug. I need to write. You talking about being behind my back? I need to write. I ain't got it no more. I need to write. My ex tried to f my boy. I need to write. The weatherman acting awfully funny. I need to write. It's time to take Jesus off that cross. I need to write. Cops killing brothers. Cops killing sisters. Free Mamiya. I need to write. Wait, wait, wait. You go kick off World War Three and possibly drive me? I need to write. Also, I'm gay because I don't want to f you. I need to write. They were taking good care of the little sleeping boy. What about the shortage in the projects? I need to write. You saying I'm both because I didn't come to your event because I was tired. I need to write. I distinctly remember asking for six wings of mild sauce. Why is it only half four? I need to write. I think about writing in third person because the first is hurting. Life is a job and the verse is working. My soul is rehearsing for when the Lord pulls the curtain. Words are words, so maybe it's your actions is doing the cursing. I need to write. Just yesterday, it was illegal for me to write. I'm paying that. I need to write. Let's talk about, you know, inspiration. Where do you derive the inspiration to write from? Um, man, just a little bit of everything. Just life, <laughs> you know. I'm just happy to be alive. One. Okay. Um, two, like my my um my dad, he was a DJ, so I actually I would listen to him on the radio before I would go to school in the mornings back in the day, and um, so he he was one who he you know he used his voice and. Uh, he come from a very comes from a very musical family, okay. um, and uh, so he just you know he just had this very gifted abilities you know. And then my mom's on the other hand, she was a nurse you know she was a uh, a registered nurse. She okay. worked in a dialysis unit for years. Um, so for me, I always looked at it as I was put here to use my voice to help heal people, you know and. And and that's just me looking back at, at the effect um, that my writing has had on on myself and others, and 
and the and the way I write, you know, it always yeah. it always goes back to you know having a, a a message. It always you know goes back around to up, you know uplifting people, you know, trying to help yeah. help people, you know, get, yeah, just get through the day, you know, get yeah. through the moment, whatever it is, you know. Okay. So um, so yeah, inspiration, but it comes from everywhere, you know. It might be a conversation, it might be something I see on TV, it might be mm-hmm. something I'm going through, or something somebody else is going through, you know. And, and sometimes things just pop in my head, okay. <laughs> you know. A lot, well, of, times, a lot well. of times things just pop in my head, and I'm oh, let me write that down, you know. Oh and, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me let's see what happens, you know. Okay, um, I'm a writer. And I know there was once I was having a conversation with a friend and I'm like, where do you think great writers like Shakespeare got their inspiration from? And after talking about it for about 30 minutes, we realized, okay, you know what? Maybe they just got it from their dreams <laughs> you know, because we couldn't exactly yeah. think. And then later that night, I had a dream. And when I woke up in the middle of the night, I'm like, okay, you know what? That dream is too good to waste. So I actually took down the, I got a pen and I started writing down like the major points from the dream. And my book is actually based on my dream. I know. That's it's amazing. I know. It's, That's you know, <laughs> I still can't believe it sometimes. So right now I sleep with a notepad by my bed. So just in case I wake yeah. up, okay, I'll take a note. It might come in, you know, somewhere. <laughs> I, I have a line, I have a line in the poem that says, I sleep with a pen in my hand so I can write my dreams. Wow, I like that. That <laughs> yeah, should inspire like, me. Yeah, because there's a lot of times, like, I, I'll have those dreams. I'll, I'll I'll see myself in a dream doing a poem. And then, you know, sometimes you can't always catch mm. catch everything from the yeah. dream, you know. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I remember I, I wrote that because I... I always get mad at myself when I can't remember. <laughs> like, oh, man, that poem was the best. <laughs> remember. Remember. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm looking forward to reading that. I can't wait to read that. Yippee. <laughs> yeah. That will be amazing. Um, okay, let's talk about Dear Father. It was very emotional. And when I saw it, I was wondering, was this, you know, all based on your life or was some part of it, you know, um, sort of fiction mixed with real life experiences? No, nah, that was all life. That was, that was, that was my life that, um, uh, a part of my life that I just needed to, to get out. It was at the time I was like, I had a lot of, a lot of good things going on career, career wise, you know, I was, I was uh, just done deaf poetry. I was um, I just moved to New York, so I was working with uh, doing different commercials like MTV and you know, meeting a lot of cool different people. I was hanging out with Kanye, and mm-hmm. you know, so it was a lot of good things happening at the time. Okay. And but but at the same time, you know, when I wasn't you know amongst the crowd and and wearing my mask, I was I was feeling I was just down. I was just I was oh. so low. You know, so it got to the point where, you know, I was, I, I just wanted to get the weight off of me. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to, to truly enjoy, um, one, enjoy life in general, and then, and then, and, you know, enjoy the moments, you know, that were happening. Cause, you know, it's like you work so hard for so long yeah. at getting your work out there. And then when it finally starts to get out there, you, you, you feeling bad and you're like, nah, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so, it uh it, it was tough because like like I said my my dad when I was young he was there and then he wasn't for ten yeah. years and then when he came back into my life like we reconnected and and when we reconnected it was um like I really prayed for that moment you know mm-hmm. before before at, at one point I didn't know if if I would you know if I if I was running to my father I didn't know if I would hit him or hug him like okay. it was real like I was I was. I was mad, but I loved him. You know what yeah. I mean? But you're so mad, you know, you're just so angry. Like I remember times, like even when I was in college, I remember times I would wake up in the middle of the night, you know, punching the walls, you yeah. know, and it was like, you know, my poetry was the only thing to ease the pain out of my knuckles. You know, it was just, mm. you know, later on in life when, you know, things started to pick up, um, I reflected back on, you know, when uh, one time my cousin, she told me, she said, the only way that you're going to be able to get over this pain and over this hurdle is to, is to forgive. 
So it's the only way you're going to be able to do it. She was like, if you don't forgive, she's like, you're going to carry that weight around with you forever. So yeah. when I decided to forgive, you know, I remember I was at church and I just, man, I broke down and I was, I was balling out of control. And mm-hmm. I, and I just, God, man, like, yeah, I forgive my dad. I was like, I just want to see him. I want to tell him I love him. I miss him, you know. Yeah. And I remember this was a Thursday. Two weeks late on a Thursday, he called me out the blue. Riley, wow. about the same. Just called me out the blue. Ten years later, like, yo, this your dad. <laughs> and I'm on the <laughs> phone. Like, like, you know, just, I lost it. You know what I mean? I, 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 it was like, I was, you know, I have people say, you know, you're choked up. Like, I was yeah. crying so hard that I was yeah. literally choked up. And, and I couldn't speak. And I was just, you know, I had to, you know, get myself together. Yeah. And, um... And I and I ended up going to see him like a couple of days later, and um and when he opened the door, it was just it was amazing to be able to, wow. to see him and like man, dad, I love you, and, you know, oh. give him a hug, like I missed you, you know, and um so so we we reconnected, but you know, just I guess the habit of the relationship wasn't wasn't um wasn't there you know i wasn't in the habit of calling he wasn't in the habit of calling or we weren't in the habit of going to see each other so um so i really didn't see him too much and then a year later he passed away so it was so now now that he you know he passed away now i'm 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 grieving and i'm going through it and i'm i'm on this roller coaster of emotions yeah and and then things start picking up and things start happening. And I'm, you know, doing deaf poetry and I'm running to, you know, Dave Chappelle on the street and he, and I'm like, yo, Dave, I'm like, you know, what's up? And like, I did deaf poetry with you and Dave Chappelle, like, yeah, man, I, I remember you, you was my favorite poet. And I'm thinking oh. in my mind, like, yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, right. And then he like, yeah, I need to write. I need Yay. to write. Yeah, that's, that's the point. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm having moments like these where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm having like, really like inspirational motivational moments but then at the same time i'm 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 just going through it so i decided i was like look i was like man i need to i need to i need to write about it you know (laughs) always felt like and i've always said this i was like man if you don't deal with your emotions one day your emotions are going to deal with you Mm -hmm. you know and that's and i was at that point where you know the the, you know the pain that that i kind of buried it, it, you know, it was like it had grown and become this beast. And, yeah. and I felt like I was being attacked by all my demons at the same time. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a win this fight. I'm a win this war. And, and my weapon of choice is my pen. So I pulled out a pen and a pad and, and I started to write, you know, and there, and there were tears on the page when I wrote that poem, right. but it was like the happiest piece that I could have ever written, you know, cause it, one, it let me, it, it let me release that pain. It let me let go. It let me forgive. It, it empowered me. It let me see my dad in, in a good light, you know, in a yeah. positive light. Cause my dad, he had been through things when he was a child, you know, so at this point, like I realized, you know, like his his pain and his suffering that he had dealt with and gone through, yeah. you know he he had grown up and passed it on, you know. So it was like it was it was on me to just to to man not continue, you know, walking in that. I didn't want to walk in it anymore. So so I wrote the poem and then I started to to share it with people and and it was like the same healing, you know, because that's what it did. It it, it, yeah. it helped to heal me and it was like the same healing that I got from writing it that healing would grow when I would perform it and and the and the and that same healing would affect other people you know so I I started to share the piece and then I remember at one point I stopped doing it I was like oh, I can't do that no more like that's enough <laughs> you wow. know like I don't, that, well, I don't want people I don't want people to think I'm this sad you know party <laughs> you know? like I'm the sad dude, oh, woe is me, because that wasn't the case, you know. Okay. But uh, and, and two, it was just like, all right, like I've done it, I got, I've gotten it out, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And then I remember a friend of mine saying, uh, like, yo, uh, like, man, like, why you stop doing that? The same way, um, the, uh, the same way that it, it helped you, you know, it, it, it'll help other people. Yeah. You know, so I was like. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it. And and then and then one of the uh, the most important points, my wife, she told me once, she was like, you gotta break, she got, you gotta break the cycle, because if you don't, if you don't deal with the pain, that pain is gonna be passed on, you know. And you ended up hurting the people that's closest to you, you know. So that's, so it was important for me to share that message with everybody. So I, you know, I started to perform it, you know, all the time. And then I went on deaf poetry and I did it there. 
And the reaction that I got was, you know, it, it really, really helped a lot of people. And, and it's still helping Ladies a lot of people. Ladies and gentlemen, J.I.V. Dear Dad, these words are being written and spoken because my heart and soul feel broken. I laugh to keep from crying, but I still haven't healed after all of my years of my goofiness and joking. You got me open, hoping this ill feeling will pass, won't last, I wear a mask, and my peace won't ask for the truth. Truthfully speaking, the truth hurts, but I'm beyond hurting, I'm in pain. When I was a shorty, I thought she left because I wouldn't behave. Later on in life, I found out that it was the cane as well as other things. And with all the scars, it was hard, but I learned to forgive and forgave. I forgave you despite the fights, the tears for all the years lost, wondering if I was loved. Sometimes all I needed was a call and a hug. I mean, I understand that people break up and don't make up and some relationships don't last forever, but why weren't we together? Mark could have found a new man, but why was I going to find a new dad? Looking back, I wish would have begged me, but pleaded my case because I felt like I didn't matter, like I was deleted and erased. I would cry, still cry so much. And I get headaches. I try to get you on my mind, but I can't get you off of my face. I see you every time I see me, and I can't do nothing but ask God to bless me because my love was amputated. My life was complicated. My family became dysfunctional. Dad, I remember. I remember when you pushed Ma, she broke her ankle, and I was sitting there thinking, how could you do this to such a beautiful angel? I remember Ma waking us up in the middle of the night saying, shh. Jimmy, put some clothes in the jewels bag. We're going to grandma's, and if your father come up to your school, don't tell him where we'd be. I remember spending Christmas at grandma's playing with my stretch Armstrong, thinking, man, this ain't my house. How does Santa Claus find me? When the little boy in me still wants his daddy badly, I feel like a scared little boy afraid to become a man, but I think I'm ready. I wonder if you know that your baby boy didn't show that air for millions of C or HBO and that hard-ass New York crowd that I didn't even know actually gave me a standing no. I wonder if you know. I know you're proud because I'm going to be the best just like you want to be. Watch and see. And just in case you can't, I'm going to scream it so loud that I shake the clouds and move them out the way of my sunshine because that's what you are, Dad. James Ivy Richardson Sr., do you hear me? You are my sunshine. That's why I forgave you, because my love for you is still the same. It may have gone through a transformation, but it never really changed. So I swear on my mama and on my name, I'm going to stop this rain, conquer this pain, make sure that you do not die in vain. And when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, I'm going to jump in your arms. We go kick back like when I was little and watch the Bears game. I love you, Dad. And uh, I'm actually writing a book about it right now called Dear Father. Oh, that's amazing. I really yeah. hope I can read that. Um, oh, please. I, I need y'all to check that. It's coming out January 2015. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, actually, I got a book deal, and um, and the book is, is based on uh, it's, it's the story that led up to me writing writing that poem and, and the, the effects of it and, and, and all that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. So. Okay. I really like, um, you know, Dear Father, but I just, I kind of sense a certain pain, so I don't like to listen to it so much. <laughs> I just yeah, want yeah. to be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And, I, and that's why I tell people, like, man, it really, like, it sounds sad, it feels sad, but it made me happy because I was able to release it, you know, and I was like, yeah. I was able to let that go, you know. So, so now when I do it, it's like I don't even... I mean, I feel it like I'm 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 reminded of mm-hmm. of of the feelings that I felt at the time, but it doesn't it doesn't depress me to do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if that makes any yeah. sense. Right. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not like instantly depressed. Like, uh, no, yeah. it's not that. <laughs> you know, it's got some positive message as well. So you know, it's helped people heal. So you sort of look beyond the pain and look at the um, positives. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the most important thing in life because I, I always looked at it like, well, in life, you, you, you know, you have these lessons and, and you, you have these situations that you go through and you can either, you know, feel one way or the other about it. You know, it's like you either you either operating in love or fear, you either you feeling good or feeling bad. But that doesn't change the fact that you have to go through this situation or that you have to deal with this lesson like the lesson is not going to you know, uh, disappear because you feel sad. It's not going to disappear if you feel yeah. happy, but I would rather feel happy going through it. You know, I would rather be like, okay, this is a lesson. Let me see what I can learn from it. Exactly. And let me keep it moving. Yeah. You know. And from our conversation so far, I can tell you're spiritual. Like, tell us about your spirituality. Man, I love God. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I love God love me. Like, I, I, mm. I'm, I, I'm just... 
man, I, I'm very, um, I feel very blessed. I mean, when I, when I open my eyes, I feel blessed when, 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 um, when I meet different people and I'm able to, you know, shake somebody's hand or share a laugh or, or when I'm able to write, when I see, when I see the, 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 the art that comes out of me, I'm just, I know it's not me, you know, you know, I am an, an instrument, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, God is, is, is using me to, to, to get a message across. Like, he gave me these abilities. He gave me a voice. He gave me the ability to write, ability to perform, a bit, uh, an ability to connect with people. Okay. And he gave it to me for a reason. So, so one, I'm ultra grateful for it. And, and, um, and two, I, I know what I'm, I know what I was put here to do, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, so I'm going to do it. And, and, um, I'm going I'm to walk that walk and, and, you know, and give it up to him every day. Yeah, uh, I think there was one of your songs. Um, Here we are. There was a line from it that says, "Here I am, God's child. I'm just trying to shine like the light of God's smile." That actually got my attention. Oh wow! Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was really, really nice. And I've got it written down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So when I need some motivation, you know, I'll just look at that, and you know, it just—I like it really. Um. It's amazing how, you know, you can find these bits that can inspire you so much, um, you know, in music, in books, you know, in a conversation. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Like a lot of times people will, they, you know, every, everybody interprets things differently, you mm-hmm. know, so, so, um, I'm always amazed at, at the different, you know, different quotes or lines or, or, or just, the different things that people will pull from my art yeah. that I may not necessarily like. I I I wrote it, you know, what I mean? but I might ne- not necessarily um, put emphasis on that particular yeah. quote, mm-hmm. you know, until some and then somebody else will say it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I did say that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then and then it makes you look at it a, a, a certain way, and like, oh, how, you know, it like it helps me, you know, the mm-hmm. same way it, you know, helps and inspires others. It, it, it inspires me too. Okay, uh, let's talk about Never Let Me Down. Now, I think I heard that song in 2005. I remember mm-hmm. my friend and I, you know, whenever we got to the end of your rap, we'd look at each other, we'd scream, and they would start all over again. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I'm like, That's who is thing. he? And she said his name is J. Ivy. And, okay, sorry about this, but I'm like, J. Ivy? Ivy sounds like a girl's name. You know, bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? I used to hate my middle name because you know, Ivy's my middle name. Oh wow! And I used to hate it. Yeah, I used to, I used to hate it. I was like, why do I have a girl's name? You know, but it was I'm a junior, so I got it, my dad is okay. his name is James Ivy Richardson. So you know, so I, I I never told anybody my middle name ever, 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 ever. So when I was in college, my uh, my mom's like when, when I would write poetry, I would send it home to my mother so she could check it out. You know, so I, I'm mailing her poetry home. This is before email. So I'm yeah. mailing her poetry. Yeah. And, um, and one day she called me and she was like, you know what? She's like, you have all this amazing poetry. She was like, one, she was like, we should do a book. And I was like, a book. I was like, I haven't been writing a year. She's like, so what? You got enough for a book. Let's do a book. I was like, all right. And then she like, she's like, and I, and I've been thinking. She was like, you know, she was like, I was thinking you should use Ivy for your pen name. All great poets have a pen name. I said, all great poets. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so I started using my full name and then I shortened it to James Ivy and then I shortened it to J Ivy, you know, right. I figured that was a little catchier, you know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and speaking of names, we're still going back to, um, you know, never let me down shortly, but speaking of names, you actually introduced the world to John Legend. Imagine if he was John Stevenson. I mean, <laughs> we yeah, probably it, might not have caught on. It probably wouldn't have caught on that well. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, actually, um, well, well, the back end of the, the Never Let Me Down story is the same night that I recorded that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I met John, John Stevens is his name. <laughs> So like we, me and Kanye, we, and you know, everybody that was in the studio, we, we listened to Never Let Me Down a million times. And then, um, and then Kanye was like, yo, you heard this, this singer named John Stevens. And I was like, yeah, I've been hearing about him out in New York. Cause we, we were in, uh, LA recording, uh, okay. recording the album. And, um, 
And uh, he was like, man, let me play you this song. So he plays me the song by John Stevens, and the song is amazing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's, it was so refreshing. It was just a breath of fresh air, you know. So an hour later, you know, John Stevens comes in. I was like, what's up? I'm Jay Ivey, man, poet from Chicago, you know. I was like, yo, I heard your music, man. I was like, man, it's amazing. I was like, man, remind me of that music from the old school, like that music my folks would listen to. Right. I was like, man, dog, I was like, you a legend. You a, I was like, you sound like one of the legends. I was like, you a legend. You a legend. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. I'm going to call you the legend. So I started calling him legend. So a couple of days later, we're still in the studio. Okay. And um, we were all in the lounge, me, Kanye, um, uh, Cootie, Tari Ture, okay. uh, I think, I think John Monopoly was there, but it was about 10, 12 of us in the studio, Don C, we, I mean, in the lounge. Okay. So in walks John Stevens. So, you know, somebody walk in the room, everybody shouting you out. So he walks <laughs> in, everybody, oh, John Stevens in the building, John Stevens, oh, John Stevens in the house. And I was like, John Legend. And they, everybody looked at me and they looked back at him and they was like, oh, that's your new name from now on. Kanye, like, John Legend from now on. That's your name from now on. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how he got the name. I know you guys have done a song together. Hi. There was a line yeah, I was trying song. to, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get the line. Your line in that song, was it, um, who needs wings to get high when I've got you? Was that what the word was? Uh, no, no, the, the line says, who needs the weed man? Oh, right. Okay, I wasn't I too sure. <laughs> I don't need the weed man to get high. I got you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that was nice. I liked it, but I wasn't too sure. I'm like, wings or weed? So I'm glad yeah, that I go. Weed, yeah. weed, weed man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, okay, so back to Never Let Me Down. What was it like yeah. recording with Kanye and Jay-Z? Oh, man, it, it was amazing. Like, the... um. Well, I had to tell you the you know the the the, the full story if yes, if we have time. Please. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time for this week's episode, but um, you need to stay tuned to next week's episode as we continue our conversation with Jay Ivy, and he talks to us about um working with Jay Z and Kanye West on Never Let Me Down, winning the Grammys. Uh, he talks about his charities. He talks about so much more. So I promise the concluding part of this episode will be brought to you next Sunday, same time. Do keep a date with us. And if you'd like to listen to J.I., you can find him on Twitter and then follow the links. On Twitter, it's at J underscore I-V-Y. That's J underscore I-V. And his website is J-I-V.com. And keep a date with us next week while we bring you the concluding part of this episode. Thank you for tuning in and have a lovely week ahead. Take care of yourselves and each other. Aloha. Hello? Is anybody out there? I got a story to tell. Somebody's got to hear my story. I need to write. I try to get you off my mind, but I can't get you off of my face. If I could sing, I would echo words about her beauty within a verse. I'm a roach. I'm a roach, roach, roach in a world of rage. In shackles and chains. The wax. The melting wax begins its journey down the length of the wick. Transformation. Trying, 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 transformation. Come on.